Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Did you happen to see over the weekend, I just saw this as I was doing show prep this morning, the CNN, the most trusted name in news, (laughs) Uh, gets me every time when I say that, but CNN did an interview with Vice President Kamala Harris, who I don't know if she's found the border yet or not. In fact, I think I saw she was going to the Canadian border uh, before she even considers going to the Mexican uh, border. So she may still need a map. I don't know. Maybe she could ask Siri how to find it. But nonetheless, she uh, was on CNN socially distanced with, I guess it was Dana Bash, about, I don't know, we're closing in on 20 feet or so now. I mean, it, it almost looked like the distance between the two of those folks was the distance for the world's long jump record or some such thing anyway found that rather humorous this morning welcome to the program i am your host todd huff you can email me your thoughts your questions your feedback yes i'll even accept adoration and praise todd at toddhuffshow.com and we are streaming this morning on well Presumably, as long as our friends at Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube allow that to be the case, we're streaming the program live and always at ToddHuffShow.com. So it's good to be here. Thank you for joining us. I ask you to download the podcast. If you're not able to listen to this entire program, that's okay. You can get it as a podcast totally free on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Todd Huff Show is the uh, name of the show. Just search for that, and there you go. So I want to start today. I want to start today by talking about the next phase, the next phase of the, um, I guess you could say the, 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 the fallout or the consequences or the next steps following the Derek Chauvin trial and verdict. Now you would think, you would think that folks who had been clamoring for the guilt of Derek Chauvin from the beginning would be uh, content with this. They are They are not. In fact, Patrice Cullors, who is a self-proclaimed Marxist, she's a Marxist. For those who may not know what that is, that is a communist. She believes that the state should be in control of everything, and that the individual is the servant of the state, and that people who are elected to be in power are basically our lords, and that our government is our God. That is what communism is. Communism is a destructive, evil force on planet Earth, killing millions upon millions. In fact, the 20th century alone I don't want to lay the death total completely at the feet of uh, simply communism, but largely communism killed upwards of 100 million people in the 20th century. That's the 1900s again. 
if we have a leftist tuning in, I'm just playing. You're welcome to listen to this program, and we can probably be be friends if you're open to that, if you're a leftist here with us this morning. I welcome it. We will have a little fun from time to time. Take it easy. It's all on, not personal. Just having some fun. Make fun of myself as well. But anyway, this this ideology is what Patrice Cullors, who's one of the three founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, is what she embraces. She's a trained Marxist, is what she said. Do not ever, ever forget that. And the reason you should never, ever forget that is because is because of the strategies implemented and employed by those in the Marxist movement. You talk about a group that is engaged in, in pure propaganda. It is groups that are Marxist. In fact, you can go back and you can Google Google some of the Soviet – well, maybe you should duck, duck, go it because I don't know what Google will scrub from existence. <laughs> but you can go back and you can go to DuckDuckGo or some other search engine that you have more confidence in than Google, and you can look and you can see things that the Soviets, the communist Soviets and the Soviet Union back during the Cold War, some of the tactics and strategies, the long game, if you will, that they were engaged in or focused on um, in, in, in an effort to basically make the United States weaker, to tear us apart, because it was the United States of America. Back, back in the day, back when I was a kid, it was really good versus evil, right? Reagan, the evil empire. The Soviet Union was the evil empire, and that it was, folks. That it was. There was no freedom. There was really no individual. The government was God. There wasn't even God. They wouldn't allow there to be God. Of course, there is God. There's nothing. Turns out you can do to stop that, despite their, <laughs> despite their objections. There's nothing you can do to stop that. But nonetheless, we have the, the Soviet Union, who was the evil empire. The evil empire. They viewed people as really parts you're only part of the whole the individual really does not matter people's dreams ambitions preferences wants desires matter zero to a communist because it's only about the greater good which i'm not against the greater good the problem is the means by which we get there see when you're in a free society when you're in a free society like the united states of America still sometimes is when you're in a free society there's a there's a concept that was coined by Adam Smith in the free markets talking about the invisible hand the invisible hand that basically guides all of us to towards um, working together in some fashion that makes it beneficial for everyone for the greater for the greater good you've heard the phrase a rising tide uh, raises all ships, and that is based upon that concept. People acting in their own self-interest, not selfishness, which is a different thing. This is not at the expense of someone else. This is simply focusing on what I need to be doing, what is best for me, my business, my my family, finding ways in which we can co- cooperate freely turns out to be a much, much, much better way to achieve this. You're no longer managing um, limited resources. In free markets, you actually have 
more resources and you see more people uh, becoming wealthy. You see more people, more people who are able to say move up in, I don't like to look at life this way, but some people do, but to, to move up from different socioeconomic groups. So you're in the whatever class they want to classify you as, and because of free market economics and because of your ability to do things that you you know, desire to do, think will work, providing a solution to the market, whatever, you can actually jump ahead multiple. You, you can jump multiple socioeconomic classes in your lifetime. In fact, it's common for people to move back and forth between different ones. That doesn't happen in communist nations like the Soviet Union was. In fact, you're locked into where you are. And if you're at the top, your job is to basically live in luxury, live in luxury while you place your boot, your boot on the necks of whatever you can get out of the economy. And less and less is produced because there's less and less reasons to work hard. There's no incentive to be productive, to be um, to to ex- to express or to bring to the market ingenuity. It's simply survival. Unless again you're at the top and you are taking enough to where you can live in palaces. And there's a starker, there's actually a starker contrast between the haves and the have-nots because the haves are the ones that are in positions of power, taking by force by intimidation, by fear, by removing liberty from those in society. This is what Marxism is. This is what Patrice uh, Patrice Cullors, one of the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, who, by the way, now has at least $1 million, $1.3 million home, which, again, I don't care. I don't care. But don't tell me. Don't tell me you're a Marxist. And I, I never played this, but she actually had some explanation I'll have to look that up, and time permitting, we might get to that. But she said, well, you know, I have, I have basically, I have money now, but I, I think about my family, right? So it's not just mine, it's my family's. Well, wait a second. That's not what communism is. Communism is that it's ours too, Patrice. Why don't you cough it up over here? Hot shot, have things changed a little bit? No, it's human nature. This is what happens every time. To a communist, what's theirs is theirs, and what's yours is theirs also. It's the way that it works. That's why the radical left lovers of big government, they love to tell other people what to do with their money. They do. In fact, Mitt Romney said this back. One of the things I really cheered for Romney about back in 2012, when he ran for president against Barack Obama, he said something to the effect of, more Americans or more Americans are concerned with what we do with America's money than what I do with ours or some such th- or what I do with mine, some such thing, right? And that that's the way we should be. It's his money is his money. Government's money is our money. Let's focus on that. Let's focus on the trillions we're spending here and there to do things that can never be accomplished this side of heaven. How about that? Anyway, Patrice Kohler, she's out there. She's a trained Marxist. She's a propagandist. She's one of the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement. Not happy. Not happy, really, with the Chauvin verdict. I mean, yeah, it's the right thing, she says, but now it just ceases to point out 
what is wrong with our system of justice, and she's now calling herself an abolitionist. Now, you may think an abolitionist is someone like Abraham Lincoln back in the 1860s when we uh, when America fought to uh, stop slavery, right? You might think that. But see, she takes that very politically charged word, a word that has significance in American history for slavery. She's saying, look, this is, we're still dealing. We're still dealing with systemic racism in our criminal justice system, she says. And so she's ready to abolish it, whatever the world that means. Abolish the criminal justice system. She's ready for that. That's the next thing. That's the next thing. The radical stuff never stops coming. Pays too well, my friends. It pays too well. The radical things just keep on coming, and they will keep coming. There is no stop to this. It serves a couple of purposes. One of the, one of the primary purposes is it, see, it, it serves to move the argument in their direction. So you hear the average person says, can we find some common ground? Well, the leftist says, sure, we'll find common ground. How about I move my argument 5,000 miles to the left so that what I've done is I've moved the middle ground. If the conservative stays fixed in his position where he thinks is correct, and I'm going to take mine about 9 million percent further from what I think is legitimate, past the mark, so far I can't even see it, suddenly it makes the position I originally intended to achieve the middle ground because I'm so far, so far off the path of reality that the middle becomes my fringe beliefs to begin with. And there we go. And that's what's happening here, the abolition of the criminal justice system. Remember last year we were talking about defunding police? Still, You still hear echoes of that. Defunding police. Have you seen the number of police departments now that are having trouble finding officers? What a shock, by the way. Who could have possibly predicted this being the case? I wonder what the consequences of the abolition of our criminal justice system what will those consequences be? We're about to find out because that's the next thing on the docket for the radical left. That and climate change, which the Project Veritas expose of CNN has shown us, and now CNN dutifully moving right along, planning their climate change summit, ta- talking about the impending climate change crisis, and we're in an emergency situation, and we've got to act today, just like we did with covid which don't think they're not going to politically try to benefit from that as well. But anyway, lots of things to get to. But I want to play when we get back. I want to play a little bit of what Patrice Kohler said on on Instagram. And I want you to hear her words. And I want you to understand what we're dealing with when it comes to the real war on these, uh, on these American institutions. Packing the court, abolition of our criminal justice system, Right, uh, any any piece of voting legislation that serves to prevent against voter fraud is termed voter oppression laws. <laughs> anyway, timeouts in order. Come back and discuss those things on the other side of the break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in a minute.
Welcome back, my friends. Be concerned about your investments. Intrepid is always ready to walk you through your investment strategy. They've been helping Hoosiers since 1998. Family-owned and operated Intrepid Financial. You can find out more by visiting their website, intrepidfinancial.com, or call them 317 818 1776. Nothing wrong with that number, right? 317 818 1776. Intrepid Financial. Be sure to tell them that Todd and the Todd Huff Show sent you. So, before the break, I referenced this moronic, I guess, uh, it's not a rant. I mean, she's uh, Patrice Kohler's here. Black Lives Matter, talking about the abolition, the abolition of the criminal justice system. It's the latest in the series of next steps that this nation is supposed to take if you follow the advice, the instruction of the Marxist and the extreme radical left in this country today. So this this is a couple minutes long. I'm going to play some of it. I want you to hear what she's calling for and – Understand that this this is what see a lot of folks just hear the you know the the, the stories they see the the news they see the Micaiah Bryant shooting uh, in the news uh, somewhere online what have you and you know they they hear the arguing that goes on back and forth and I've got some some humdingers or some things that Joy Reid from MSNBC has said about the Micaiah Bryant um, shooting. But there's there's the back and forth, and there's the trial, the Derek Chauvin trial, and the average person says, okay, you know, this is what happened. The jury has, which that's a whole other thing that I want to get to, time permitting as well today. You now see that that the jury, one of the uh, jury alternates, who an alternate of the jury assists through the whole trial, um, and they're there in case a juror has to be removed for whatever reason. They don't have to start over. But the the alternate um, said mentioned the fear of riots in their uh, in their community, their city, as part of the thing uh, thought process factoring through her mind. Who the alternate also said she would have found Derek Chauvin guilty if she was a voting member of the jury. But now we no, now we're no longer speculating whether or not. Well, she's an alternate, so we don't have an actual juror that's come out yet, to my knowledge, and said, hey, I was impacted by the fear of riots or what have you in my decision. That is 100% unacceptable. I'm not saying it's not understandable, but it's unacceptable in a free free society, in a society that has the rule of law. Those have nothing to do with whether or not Derek Chauvin was guilty of the alleged crimes um, that have been he's been charged with that he was actually convicted of. So anyway, I got that out there too. But let's listen to Patrice Kohler's here. This is a video from Instagram. She's now calling again, as I said, for the abolition of our criminal justice system. Hey y'all, this Daily Digest. I want to talk about the verdict and I want to talk about abolition. 
So for an abolitionist, the question is always, is a guilty verdict for a cop an actually abolitionist act? Is this something that we should be celebrating? And I'll say this, as an organizer, as someone who has community organized all my life, you Marxist. go with what the people want. You give them what you want. You give them the victory. A guilty cop was convicted of all the charges, was convicted of murder. We don't see that often. We rarely see this. It's not a sign that our criminal justice system is working. It's actually a sign that it's broken. There you go. It's not a sign. The verdict is not a sign that the criminal justice system is working. No, no, no. It's a sign that it is broken. It is a sign that it is broken because she goes on to tell us real justice. If the if we had real justice in our system, then George Floyd and now Micaiah Bryant, as she references as well in this video, um, would both be would both be alive today. I don't know. Again, I know we've talked about it on here. The Micaiah Bryant video, she was literally in the process of trying to stab another girl somewhere in the head, neck, face area. She was in the process. She brought a knife. First of all, she had a knife. She had it drawn. She pulled the knife back as far as she basically could, basically 180 degrees behind her. If you can, if you can imagine, um, just you know, pulling your arm back as far as you can with the knife, and then beginning the process to to swing it again at the head and neck face area of another of another woman. Um, that's what she was doing when the officer fired the same officer that LeBron James doxed, exposed, on, identified on Twitter and threatened him. LeBron James is out there threatening uh, to, you know, come after this officer. You're next. Hashtag accountability. The officer was there. I, I, I said nine seconds. I, I had read nine seconds from the time he got out of his car until the time he was firing whatever it was, three or four shots uh, into Micaiah Bryant as she was trying to stab. As she, in her own words, her, her last words before she was shot, as far as I could tell from the video, was something to the effect of, I'm going to blanking stab you, you blank. Maybe even kill you, stab and kill you, something like that. I'd have to, I can look during the break. So she comes out clearly with intent, clearly you know, knocking people around and then turns on another girl to stab her to with the intent of, she said to kill her, I believe. I'll have to look it up. At least to stab her. And the place she was trying to stab her was in the, the head and neck area. The officer was there for roughly 10 seconds. It, from the time he got out of his, his cruiser, shut the door, and saw, you know, Micaiah, it looked like, knock one girl down. He was distracted. He looked up, saw her charging at another girl, was yelling at her. She did not listen, and he shot her uh, to prevent the death or severe injury to another another girl, another, an actual, someone that would have actually been a victim here, um, not someone who was in the middle of trying to commit a heinous crime. And so now we're on to this one as well. So LeBron James docks uh, the officer, letting everyone know who he is and saying, hey, we're coming after you next. 
It was on the very day that Derek Chauvin was found guilty. You're you're up next, buddy boy, basically is what LeBron James is saying. Of course, LeBron James may have seen may have seen M- uh, NBC's video. NBC, when they first aired uh, clips of this, they edited out the part that showed Micaiah Bryant with a knife. Turns out that may have been a pretty uh, relevant factor to what happened. Can you see how all all this works together? You've got a deceitful media. You've got radicals here calling for the abolition of the criminal justice system. And now they're saying that true justice, true justice um, means that they would not be George Floyd or Micaiah Bryant would not be would not be dead. And so we have to abolish our criminal justice system. Now, in the case of Micaiah Bryant, I don't know what the I don't know what Patrice Cullors wants to have had happen there. I don't know what in the world she thinks could have happened. Derek Chauvin clearly, clearly uh, off. Uh, excuse me. In the George Floyd death, Derek Chauvin clearly played a role um, in in that. Whether or not he's, I know some people are. Hey, this guy really wasn't guilty. Other people say he was of something in between. Whatever the case may be. But there's a role that he played in, at least arguably, right? Some people say, well, it was drugs, and but then the medical evidence doesn't seem to suggest that. All that sort of stuff. But in this case with Micaiah Bryant, it is very cut and dry. Very, very cut and dry. So the only thing she says, Patrice Cullors, that can really, I guess, remedy what we're seeing uh, in these cases is the complete abolition of the criminal justice system. I don't know what she would... Uh, implement as in the void that she would create. I don't know if she would just put it on the honor system and tell people to behave better. What would a trained Marxist implement in the streets of the United States of America Day should she completely abolish the criminal justice system? So this is what the the cries are for. This is you're going to begin to hear some of this as well, this is moving it further and further to the left so that some of their leftist ideas to begin with don't sound so crazy when contra- contrasted and compared with something like abolish the criminal justice system or defund the police. Quick timeout is in order here. Got to take a break, come back, and continue our discussion. You're listening here to the home of conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. I want to make sure that I am absolutely correct in my, I guess I'll say reporting, not a journalist, telling you what I think about this crazy stuff happening out there, but I want to make sure I get it correct. The last words that were heard on the video, the Micaiah Bryant, again, this is the 16-year-old girl shot in Columbus, Ohio for what appears to be clearly her attempt to stab seriously injure or possibly kill another female her last the last words that were caught on the video as she was screaming coming out of the house and going after the girl were i'm going to stab the blank out of you blank i wasn't sure if it said the word kill but it says 
stab the blank out of you blank and she was swinging the knife toward the again head face neck area so it is with that in mind that i want to listen to this you know, if if you want to listen to pure insanity and craziness i incur well just watch clips of msnbc's joy Reid. now i may have had you i made it uh, it's a little redundant when I said crazy MSNBC and Joy Reid. Those are all synonyms in the world of crazy. I understand. But she – the things that she says in her program, um, it, they do – well, they're utterly insane a good portion of the time. But this is considered logical and reasonable to the radical left. Here she is. Basically saying, hey, why can't we just let kids have knife fights? Let's see what the big deal is. We had them in high school. My teachers broke them up. They didn't need a gun. That's what she, <laughs> what she says here. I, again, just look at the video. The video speaks 100% for itself. It is tragic. It is terrible. But the things that we have to listen to and the things that we have to discuss in the wake of this, of this, of these things – is sometimes just beyond beyond even remotely rational. Listen to this. This is Joy Reid on her program. Um, I think uh, over right before the week, maybe last last week, end of last week. Here you go. Come on, Joy. I swear I just played this thing, and now it is. This happens repeatedly here. Hold on here. Let me do this again. I mean, this is the way this is going to go down the way most of these shooting um, cases go down uh, because police have tremendous latitude to use deadly force. Fine. Uh, but the problem is, at this point, everything police say to me is just a claim that needs to be proven. Even if there's I mean, unless there's full accounting, they won't tell us who made the 911 call. Neighbors say that the little girl, that Micaiah, made the 911 call. They aren't telling us that they aren't being fully transparent here. That's why it's very difficult to trust um, what they're saying. So um, mm-hmm. as you look at the circumstances of this, can you just walk us through how police should act in a case like this? Um, because, you know, I, I was saying on, on my Instagram earlier, I remember fights in, in even high school or even younger than that, where a kid brought a pen knife or something to school and teachers were able to defuse that and they didn't have guns. So there you go. Maybe we should disarm the police as well. I don't want to give them any ideas here. So I'm sure that they'll be clamoring for that as well. Maybe maybe there should have been – what do we want? We, we want um, what, social workers out there. Would a social worker have been able to defuse the situation? How? What, what you, the, the, the amount of ignorance into human nature and the – and. When you see something evil being perpetrated, someone about to be stabbed, how? what do you think you're going to do about this, Joy Reid, MSNBC? What do you think you're going to do about this? Have a nice, peaceful conversation. When I was in college, I literally had a professor, had a professor, kid you not, who, who says he was a complete pacifist to the point where a student asked him, so what would you do if you came home? And your wife was being violently attacked. He literally told us, I am not making this up. An educated man, an educated man said he would sit and talk with and reason with the person perpetrating the violence. 
what? How? How is that? As though that's some sort of a noble thing. As you're in this analogy, in this hypothetical, his wife was being violently attacked by somebody. He was going to take the high road and reason with the man. (laughs) Idiotic. Truly idiotic. And the amount of reality one has to ignore and refuse to accept to come to that conclusion is it would take me months of explaining on this program to get to the point where someone would say that is a logical conclusion. And this guy thought he was really smart and had the moral high ground because of his insistence on uh, being a complete uh, complete pacifist. Sometimes, folks, newsflash, newsflash to folks who don't seem – and this isn't you, but to people out there who don't seem to understand the violence and evil exists, sometimes the absolute just thing to do is to employ – whatever means is necessary to stop someone else from suffering the harm of an injustice, of an evil. Some folks just refuse to accept that. Anyway, they refuse to accept reality on a lot of on a lot of levels. Joy Reid may be leading the pack on that. I gotta take a break. Quick timeout. Be back here in just a minute. something else to keep your eye on if you haven't been doing so is just to keep in the i guess the back of your mind this election audit in the state of arizona maricopa county in particular that is something that is uh moving moving forward and there's some of these things around the country but just just keep an eye on this stuff as the results of the audits hopefully eventually come in but I want to talk about something here today that I mentioned last week. I mentioned last week. I know many of you have a uh, have children or grandchildren and I mentioned <laughs> I mentioned a piece that was written on a cartoon or uh, written in so I should say an ABC a news report about a cartoon Bluey. My kids watch Bluey. Bluey's about a what a family of cartoon dogs who live, I think, in Australia. I think it's Australia. And it's a family of four, I think they're blue healers. And so two of them are blue and two of them are tan slash brown. And this is what a journalist if it's a journalist or an editorialist, I mean, in today's world, at places like ABC, it's the same thing. No one, there's not any journalists anymore. There's a, a couple out there that uh, care about reporting and not inserting themselves and their opinions into pieces. But listen to this: my bluey struggle. This is this is what she writes. Representation. I understand for that for the most part, Bluey's creators don't view their show through a political lens. Well, that's that might be naive in today's world, but nonetheless, I'm aware that this may come across as asking too much of a show that's already so tender, nuanced, and joyful. But it's exactly because Bluey has demonstrated depth and range that I can't help asking anyway. My question is this: Can Bluey be more representative? 
And yes, I'm aware that Bluey's Border Collie Pal McKenzie is from New Zealand. As a parent of color, I am always conscious of the presence or absence of diverse representation in kids' pop culture, what it means for children, and the conversations we have around that. I sincerely believe you don't have to be other, in quotes, to think about this too. We live in a world where the majority of main characters on children's uh, television are white, where there are more animals than people of color, protagonists populating the pages of children's books, where there are disabled, queer, poor, gender diverse, excuse me, where are the disabled, gender, queer, poor, um, gender diverse dogs of color and single parent dog families in Bluey's Brisbane. If they're in the background, let them come forward. Maynard, oh, this this doesn't matter. Anyway, so she's out there clamoring, clamoring for more dogs of color, and their dogs are literally blue. The dogs are blue. The dogs are a cartoon. This has nothing to do with anything that's remotely close. I don't know. How does she know that they're even white? What is, what did they say this? I mean, I don't watch the program that closely. They're dogs. On top of that, they're cartoon dogs. This is, we've gotten to the point, and this goes back to the silly nonsense that Patrice Kohlers was, was saying a day. Logic, or saying earlier, and I, I played on the program today, but logic has seemed to have left the building. And these things become hip and this becomes, you know, the, these folks become the trailblazers on these issues because they write and say stuff like this. What on earth does it mean to have more white or excuse me, less white cartoon dogs? What on earth are we talking about in society today? Got to take a break. Back here in just a minute. So, you know, one of the things, and I got to wrap up here quickly, but one of the things that I think today's, the things that we talked about today should highlight is the need for people with sense to speak up. The need for people with sense, not, you, look, there's ways to do it, uh, and there's there's ways to do it more effectively, and you don't always have to stage a fight, but when the only people talking or the people with the loudest voices seem to be cr- saying the craziest, most ridiculous things... That's going to be the way things go unless someone steps in and says, look, I'm sorry to be the bearer of the bad news here, but here in reality, what you're proposing doesn't work, Patrice Kohlers. What you're talking about here doesn't work with defunding the police, abolishing our criminal justice system, all these sorts of things. We need to see more of that in our society today. And I've got to go. Thank you so much for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.